Thank you for tuning in to the Red Clinic Podcast. I'm Dr. Schwalen, and I'm a licensed psychologist, eating disorder expert. Um, today, I, I have brought on a special guest. So usually, I like to bring in different experts to talk about eating disorders and people who are experts in the field. Today, I've actually brought on um, my husband, who is not an eating disorder expert. He is your normal everyday kind of guy, and I thought it would be a great way of talking about using food to cope and just general ideas about food out there in our society. So my husband's name is Gene. He actually does another podcast with me um, every week called the, what's it called? Can you help me out with that? The Parents Survival Kit. Uh, I just wanted everybody to hear your voice. <laughs> I'm just that normal, everyday kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, so the Parents Survival Kit from thriving or from Surviving to Thriving in Your Household is the other show that we actually do together, but I wanted you on this one with me today. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled, I'm excited, and I'm honored, so thank you. Well, thank you for being here. So, um, so basically, I want to talk about just using food to cope. And I wanted to ask you what you even think of when I say that. Um, I think of, well, there's, there's some old movies and, and kind of the uh, cliche that when women have a bad breakup with a boyfriend, they go eat three tubs of ice cream. <laughs> Very good. I like that one. That even gives like a good visual, right? And that is really cliche, but I'm so glad you said that because, um, you know, based on how we're feeling, it can really impact how we approach food, right? And so when a girl breaks up with her boyfriend, yeah, that's like the cliche example, <laughs> but she would go in, maybe go eat a bunch of ice cream, watch uh, some sad movies, call a girlfriend and cry with her about it, right? Um, and that's, that's just one example of ways that people can use food to cope. When when like maybe the kids do something great or it's a birthday and it's time to celebrate, what's something that's pretty normal that you would think to go do? Um, well, there's always popsicles. There's cupcakes. I know our daughter loves to get a cupcake as a reward for anything she does and everything she does. Yeah. So to reward children, to reward ourselves, to celebrate birthdays or big accomplishments, usually food is involved again. And it's, you know, cupcakes, like you said, or popsicles, something sweet, something that could be considered a treat. Um, usually people will go out to dinner to celebrate something big. And so food, again, is another way that we incorporate um, with really like happy and, and exciting feelings. So it really doesn't matter what the feeling is. Sometimes food can be involved either way, right? Go get some ice cream. Yeah. What about, um, have you ever felt like um, upset about something or stressed about something and noticed that that impacted your appetite at all? Um, yeah, so whenever I get stressed, sometimes I actually, instead of going to food, I actually go away from food and probably don't eat as much or at all um, for whatever reason. Yeah, and so that's like really common too. So a lot of people will say that they've been really stressed or too busy to eat or maybe something really upsetting happened um, that, you know, they just found out or that they're dealing with and they may feel like they've lost their appetite. Do you ever experience any other feelings when you're not eating and maybe getting too hungry? 
Um, whenever I'm getting too hungry. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, when I'm, when I'm getting too hungry, I just want to eat anything and everything. And usually it's uh, things that maybe I shouldn't eat too much of. Okay. So have you ever gotten so hungry that you've felt actually kind of irritated or hangry? Oh, yes. So I, I love hangry. <laughs> what does hangry mean? <laughs> You're so hungry it makes you mad. It's just like, yeah, you just, yeah nothing's going to satisfy you until you get some food. Yeah, so you've experienced it. I think a lot of people have experienced that where, where honestly they can absolutely attest to the connection between food and mood and feelings and food when they've experienced feeling hangry. Um, people actually also turn to food to help them feel better when they're feeling sad because there is very much a biological occurrence that happens in our brains. So have you ever heard of dopamine? I have. Yeah, so dopamine's that happy neurotransmitter. It's the one that kind of signals our brain to let us know that, ooh, this thing that's happening right now, it feels good. And when we get that signal, we want to make sure that we do more of it in the future. So it's very based in survival. It's very good for us to have dopamine release. And when we eat food, especially food that we enjoy and that tastes good, there is very much so a dopamine release that happens in our brain. So a lot of times people will turn to foods that they enjoy when they're not feeling so good because it's a way to self-medicate. And they get a very um, quick result in a short amount of time when they go to eat because they're not feeling so good. That makes sense. So that example that you brought up, you know, when a girl gets broken up with her boyfriend and she goes and runs to get some ice cream and watches some movies with a friend, it's pretty much exactly speaking to that dopamine impact. So there's very much a biological aspect to why people use food to cope or even respond the way they do when they feel like they have less of an appetite or more of an appetite just depending on the feelings that they're having. Um, we also live in a society, right? Where what's like a super common question of the day that people will ask themselves? What do you think? I mean, don't you ask me every morning, what's for dinner? (laughs) What are we having for dinner tonight? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a super common question. I think people ask it of themselves almost daily or of each other daily if they're in a family. And it's on a lot of people's minds because when you're running a family in a household, you're trying to always figure out like how to get the next meal on the table, what it might look like. Sometimes you're doing it that day. There are some people who actually do a bunch of food prep on the weekends and prepare for the entire week. If you're super organized and can get that situated, that's awesome. Um, And so the what's for dinner and, you know, what am I eating next or, or even thinking about food is something that's really on a lot of, of our minds in Western society. Um, Food is also super social, right? So, What usually happens when you're out with friends or, you know, with family, just celebrating things or whatever, usually there's food involved. Yeah, if you think about it, there's, you know, sporting events, you're going to have tailgating with barbecues and, you know, so many things are associated with food in some sort of way. Right. And so for someone who has an eating disorder, it can be really difficult to even socialize and still see friends and go out and be in public places because 
So often food is a really big part of how we socialize in our society. And avoidance of those situations tends to happen more when someone has developed an eating disorder or has social anxiety around, you know, food and, and that whole situation. And it doesn't matter what kind of eating disorder someone has. We know that when people are using food to cope or maybe not eating as a way to cope, that they can eventually set themselves up for any kind of eating disorder if they're not, um, you know, aware of it or if it gets too out of control. Okay. So what I want to talk about today is really like different kinds of eating disorders and how they are very much associated with different, with essentially coping with feelings. So people who don't have eating disorders very much use food to cope with feelings. I think we've just established that. And then people who do have eating disorders absolutely use food or lack of eating food as a way to cope as well. Um, I actually want to give one more example. I think it's a real good one, and I think a lot of people are going to be able to connect to this one. So tell me, what was one of the first things, besides purchasing a bunch of toilet paper and paper towels, right, maybe Clorox wipes, <laughs> that you and some of your friends went out and did or family members went out and did when the pandemic started? We bought a lot of hand sanitizer. No. Um, <laughs> what... What I did and what we did and what I know a lot of my friends and family did was go out and buy a lot of meat and freeze it. Yeah. And a lot of frozen foods and food, right? pizzas and things right. you could just store in the deep freezer. Yeah. So even with this pandemic upon us, one of the first things people did was go and cope with food, right? That's, that's crazy. What's crazy about it? Just What's to think happening about it. right now for you? Well, I mean, it is what happened. I mean, people went out and they went crazy in the stores and bought everything up. And that was the, the way of coping with the uncertainty of the pandemic. Yes, exactly. I think you've just made like a really great connection. So coping with the uncertainty of the pandemic, people turned to food. And they did what they thought needed to happen in order to survive, right? So they stored up a bunch of food because no one really knew what was going to happen next. Um, so food is a huge part of how we cope in this society. And that is why, you know, when we look at eating disorder development, I always tell every single client I work with, you know what? Even though food is a big part of how we cope in this society, your eating disorder also is extremely unique. And I want to make sure I take the time to get to know you and the eating disorder that you're struggling with because we all turn to food or away from food for so many different reasons. And it's not usually the same for any you know few people in a room. So, for example, with anorexia, we know that clients are usually very much controlled around their behaviors with food, and instead of eating food, they actually restrict it. They're not eating it. And a lot of that has to do with wanting to feel in control when they feel like other aspects of their life are out of control. So instead of eating food to cope with feelings, they're essentially taking out their feelings on the food. 
So I've even heard clients with anorexia say things like, you know, I'm not good enough to eat, I don't deserve to eat, or I need to punish myself and I'm not going to eat because of, and then they name their reason. Um, so staying away from the food, taking it out on the food is a way that clients with anorexia tend to cope with their feelings. Someone with binge eating disorder or even bulimia may engage in a binge. So they may eat a large amount of food in a really short period of time because it helps numb the pain of whatever they may be feeling. Um, just like that example you gave in the beginning, right? Three tubs of ice cream to deal with some sad feelings. And so again, you know, with those types of eating disorders, a lot of clients will say things like, yeah, I just tend to eat my feelings. Um, so there's almost this awareness around it. They know it's happening. They've made the connection between the feelings and the food, which is super insightful because so often clients with eating disorders don't even realize that it's happening. So when they do realize that it's a connection between feelings and food, it's really cool. Like they've come a long way in their treatment. They understand what's going on and then they're even more motivated to want to change. So again, we have all these different responses to food. We all can relate to the fact that, you know, food actually does impact the way we feel, especially with the hangry example um, or even feeling sad and then eating something that tastes good so we can get that dopamine release. And then we can all resonate and click with when the pandemic started, people rushed out to go and get as much food and fill their freezers as much as possible. So overall, today was really just, you know, a quick talk about just the connections between feelings and food with eating disorders. And what I'm going to do over the next several episodes is really talk about how do we break that down in someone with a, each different kind of eating disorder? So a lot of times eating disorders are compared to like substance abuse disorders or people who have addiction and um, it can really help us make sense of what's going on with an eating disorder too when we think of it that way. Because what we know is that eating disorders are absolutely a way to cope it's just not the healthiest or the safest way to cope. And people who are trapped and really have a strong, you know, eating disorder tend to go back to it over and over and over again until they reach true recovery. And so that's why there's like that parallel between people who have addiction and people who have eating disorders because we do see a lot that clients really struggle to just let go of it. The eating disorder provides some like form of security for a lot of my clients. They'll even talk about they're not ready to part ways with it. They're not ready to say goodbye. They can't imagine what their life would be like without it. And so I think unpacking like each eating disorder and what that looks like in terms of someone's relationship with themselves and their feelings and then what it's doing with their relationship with food is, is going to be really important and helpful. Um, but what do you think, Jean? Do you feel like you have an understanding a little bit more today about how people use food to cope? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Uh, you know, it's, it's everything. I mean, I'm thinking right now just because of this, you know, podcast and being a part of it, we should, you know, we should go out for some ice cream or something. <laughs> and why are you thinking that? Because I'm in a good mood and it's sunny okay. outside and, you know, the, the sun is shining, it's hot. 
Yeah. And that's just, it's just such a normal like thought process that sometimes people don't even realize that what's happening with food is so integrated with how they're feeling in the moment. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Do you think, um, do you think talking about this at all will do anything to your awareness, like in the moment around food at all? Um, Maybe a little bit, just, you know, recognizing, hey, you know what? I just thought about food because of this feeling or because um, of, of the social interaction or because it's nice out. Yeah. You know? Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. I've I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, you're more than welcome to come back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thanks for joining me. Um, I look forward to seeing you next time. This was the Red Clinic Podcast. 